It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sponsored by TaylorMade and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Now, here's your host, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Here we go. Good afternoon. It's time for Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sitting in the morning sun. I'll be sitting when the evening comes, watching the ships roll. So I'm setting the Friday groove with a sensational Steve Cropper sing-along special. You know, we have an inspiring guest today, but before we get to her, take a moment, put down the phone, turn up the volume, and imagine your feet in the water and your heads in the sky. Enjoy the groove. It's time for the pro show. Sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. I left my home in Georgia, headed for the Frisco Bay. What a week for professional golf. All the major tours are back in action as the PGA Tour champions and the LPGA join the PGA Tour and Corn Ferry Tour. Here to help us celebrate the restart of the LPGA season is one of their players, a seven-time winner, victorious Solheim Cup player, USGA champion, and one of my most favorite style ambassadors for the game. Michelle McGann, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you doing today? We are fabulous. The sun is out. We're hoping that that tropical storm stays east, east, east of us. We don't need any more trouble down here, and uh, I'm, I'm going to go hit a few balls after we're done with this interview, getting ready for next week. I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous if you're hitting the range after this, but um, you know what? You're probably inspired because today, after 166 days, the LPGA is back in competition, a place where you spent over 20 years of your life, 30 years of your life out there competing and playing. How excited are you to have the LPGA back on tour this weekend? Well, I think it's wonderful. Um, You know, we are all facing challenges that are unknown. Um, Nobody's got the right answer. If you say one thing, somebody's going to challenge you. And, uh, you know, I think our main goal is to everybody stay safe. I think the PGA Tour has been back in action for a few weeks now, and um, they've laid good groundwork for everybody. I I think the hardest part is about these young kids that – um, you know, this was going to be their first year on the LPGA. They've worked so hard. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and that's it. Everything stops. I, I guarantee the girls are thinking, man, this is weird not having any fans out here. Um, I'm going to play next week in the Florida Open. So I'm telling you that I totally am thinking, I, I don't think I've ever been to a golf tournament by myself where I had nobody watching me. Uh, I can't have a caddy next week. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you just go, wow, this is like surreal. Doesn't seem like it's happening. So um, I think, you know, everybody's going to take it day by day and uh, see what 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 faces us. But uh, it's great to see golf back and it's great to have the LPGA back playing today. I couldn't agree with you more. And you bring up a really interesting point there. I'd never considered that. As a junior player, you had a ton of success. Um, You were a three-time winner of the Florida State Junior Championship. You were AJGA Rolex Player of the Year. You won the USGA Junior uh, when you were 18 years old. 
where did your passion for the game start? What age did you start playing? Who was the person that got you started down this road of competitive golf? Well, my dad was a great athlete. He played basketball at Notre Dame. And he taught himself how to play golf just by watching some of the people that uh, he worked with. So I was always into sports. I always went to the gym. He was parks and recreation director. So I went with him to the gym and I did gymnastics and I played softball. And all one day, you know, I patients that came into my mom's office said, Hey, you should probably bring Michelle out, not knowing that my dad would go there and play all the time. So put two and two together and I went out. I, I liked it right from the beginning uh, and said, Hey dad, can you take me to hit balls? Mom, can you take me to hit balls? So uh, Forest Hill golf is where I started in Lake Worth. Um, and it was a family owned golf course. They kind of took me in as their, their own. Uh, I had a lady professional, Jean Noah, and she ironically had diabetes. So at at eight when I started, I didn't I didn't have diabetes till I was thirteen. But um, so it was kind of like when I my parents would drop me off, they kind of knew that people would keep an eye out on me um, if anything were to happen with you know if my blood sugar went low or high, and I would just stay there all day and hit balls. So it was something that I was good at right away. And just fell in love with it and wanted to do it all the time and just get better and better. So you mentioned it right there. There was things that you liked about the game right away. And now having had a very full career, do you still like the same things? Well, I think it was the challenge of, of getting better. Um, I, I just loved being out there, uh, being outside. And I was really the only girl at the time. There weren't a lot of girls playing golf. So I played with all the guys. They were all my friends. And I was very quiet. So I just kind of went along and and did my own thing. I practiced. Um, I wish I would have chipped and putted more. I know that was probably something that um, Jean told me to do. But, um, you know, you just want to hit the ball. And yeah, I, I hit it pretty far. So I was like, I'm going to hit it further. And then playing with the guys, you know, it, it made you, it, it pushed me. It pushed me to want to hit it even further because I was a girl. I, I could do it. Um, you know, I played a tee up, but it, it ended up being fair where I hit it and then where they hit it. So it, um, it, it was just the challenge of, you know, I mean, I remember I made my first birdie uh, and then shooting par, you know, getting the strokes, you know, shaved off. How did I get better? Uh, now it's kind of, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You go out there. I haven't played. I haven't competed um, on on the LPGA in quite a few years. But, you know, we have a great Legends Tour. And this year was going to be a big year for me. I turned 50. I was going to play the Open, the LPGA Championship. I finally played good there last year on the last day. So I was looking forward to getting back to French Lick. The people are wonderful there. Uh, The U.S. Open was going to be up kind of in your neck of the woods in Connecticut, in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, I really look forward to that. But, um, you know, the things that are happening now, we can't, we have no control over them. And, the biggest goal is is to be safe and to get to next year. I think kind of all of us are probably saying that we thought 2020 was going to be a bang and it's a bust almost, right? But you got to try to find the positive. Uh, there's something good 
my dad always said, somebody's got it a lot worse than you do. So, you know, hang in there and, uh, you know, live each day to the fullest and do the best we can. But it's cool how kind of you just took us through the years there where you started and what you love so much about it. And then you mentioned earlier that you're going to play in the Florida State Open next week. There's another opportunity for you to work on your game and, and have something that can continue to make you drive on to steal a phrase from the LPGA. So speaking of driving on, folks, we have a treat today for you. We are with Michelle McGann. She's an LPGA player, part of that victorious 1996 Solheim Cup team, right? To be on one of those teams is is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. And she's here live with us today on Springdale Golf Live. And a big piece of what we're talking about as far as the PGA of America and PGA professionals like myself is the tremendous amount of growth in the game right now. How can we sustain it all, Michelle? If I were to make you Mike Wan and head of the LPGA, what would you do? Well, I think um, just from when I've came out to now, it's amazing. And the pandemic, I think, has brought, like you said, more and more golfers out. It's amazing. Uh, I see it just here locally. Um, You know, my niece and nephew, you know, we can go outside, we can play golf. We, you know, we can do that. We're, that is allowed. We don't have to have the mask when we're in the front yard and hitting, hitting balls, you know, hitting the almost golf balls, um, you know, to targets in the front yard. Um, and, and I think that this is where uh, the LPGA, the PGA, the PGA of America, everybody should run with the fact that, Hey, this game is fun. Any, anybody can do it. Any age. Um, my dad's out there with us. He's 76, just made a hole in one, you know, earlier in the year. And, and then we have our six and eight year old, um, niece and nephew out there. Uh, my mom's out there hitting balls with us and, and we're making a game out of it. You know, keep making golf fun. That's the biggest thing. Keep making it fun. Uh, once you get to a certain level, then you grind it out. I mean, you know, either you're going to have it or you're not, but keep, we keep growing this game because we keep making it fun. You have to have an interest. You have to get these kids and have, make a game out of it. You know, how many times can you chip it in? Let's try to get it within this circle. Let's see, let's try to hit it five yards further the next day. Let's create games to keep the momentum, keep the interest. That's what you have to do to keep these kids moving, going, and even adults, you know, everybody wants to play a little game, right? Whether it's a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there, it's that part of golf that keeps everybody competitive. And, uh, you know, I think everyone's making the most of it now. We can watch it on TV. Um, certainly, like we've said before, really different not having seeing spectators out there. And you kind of you make a putt and you think, oh, well, it's just these other guys or these other gals that I'm playing with. Nobody, nobody's here cheering for me. All right, I'll cheer for myself. You know, keep that interest. Keep the fun side of the game going. How do you feel about people going out, playing music, using alternative formats? I mean, you, you mentioned this, make the game fun. What are a couple ideas that you and I can practice? Can- pass along as best practices to my listeners as far as keeping it fun. What do you do when you play casual rounds of golf with your husband or, you know, with your friends well, down there in Florida? It's This is a good, uh, good, good question because yesterday I play with the Treasure Coast senior guys and that they've had this tour for, for, forever. Um, and they've allowed me to play it for, at, it should, you have to be 50, but they allowed me to play when I was 45. So every week they have a different, 
whether it's three man, a team, and individual competition, so you keep your own score. Yesterday, we played a scramble. So that was fun. It was fun, but still, I felt the pressure because I was hitting last. I had to pull up the rear. You know, I had to make a putt. Um, so it's still the competitiveness was there, but we had fun as a team. Uh, you know, the next week it could be a two best ball or it could be, you know, going back to singles and, you know, there's an A group and a B division. When I'm practicing and if nobody's out there, I put my headphones on. Well, if somebody's out there, I put the headphones on. If nobody's out there, I just let the music go. Keep a good mental state that you're in. Enjoy it. Enjoy the beauty of just natural, you know, what God's given us not having any storms, having the sun shining and enjoying the fresh air. Uh, that's it. I mean, I tell you, you summed it all up right there in those last two answers. You are an amazing advocate for the game. And I just wonder, as you've played your whole life, you know, where did your message, how did you kind of develop this philosophy in it? in the manner of which to enjoy golf with such vigor. It, was there someone along the way that was a mentor to you, um, a teacher or another player when you first got on the LPGA tour? Who, who was the person that kind of helped shape who Michelle McGann, the touring professional, became? Well, I think, you know, my biggest influence was probably my parents. Um, you know, my dad being a great athlete, my dad never sees anything but the glass half full. And as hard as that is sometimes to swallow, and I sit back and think, gosh, I wish I could change a lot of the times because he caddied for me a lot that I would fight him and say, I I don't care. I'm not doing it. Whether my blood sugar was high, low level, sometimes this game just gets you down. And, um, but he never, he never, on his watch, he tried his hardest to never let me get like that. And if I did, he just said, well, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not carrying this bag. And then I came back, you know, right away. But, um, you know, growing up, I watched Joanne Carner. I watched Nancy Lopez. I watched Jan Stevenson, all who are um, great role models. They're Hall of Famers. Um, I fortunately had the opportunity to play with them all. I'm still friends with them all. Um, but the legacy of just, you know, trying to be the best person you can be, uh, living with diabetes was completely, uh, another challenge on top of playing a game. That's one of the most difficult games, I think, because it's you and the golf ball. Um, you know, you're lucky enough to have a caddy most of the time, but you still have to hit the shot. You got to pull the trigger. And I think that, um, you know, I just, I just was lucky. I always had good, positive people around me. And if I didn't, I tried to walk away. Um, you know, my brother caddied a lot for me and he was a great athlete, you know, always had that positive attitude, always told me, this is what we're here for. This is what we play for. This is why we're here. This is why we grind it out. Um, you know, I won four playoffs and he was with me for two of them. And, you know, it just, it gets ingrained in you. Um, I, I talked with a young girl yesterday who was 16. She's had diabetes for six years and she had a tough go the other day. And, um, I said, well, what's your handicap? She said, well, 
I'm like a two. I said, well, that's pretty darn good. And you're playing with diabetes. I said, so you know what? You're going to be now another role model for some of these kids. I'm going to help you, but you got to do me the favor and you got to in turn help, help me help other kids. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of what I believe in. I, I believe that, you know, we're, we're all given a burden at some point in our life, whether we know what it is or we don't. And um, we, we try to leave this a better place than what we found it. And um, I think that that's a, definitely a message that so many of us need to live by with so much craziness going on in the world right now that, um, you know, look, try to find some good in everybody you see and, um, you know, just lend a helping hand. Well, I'll tell you what, we found some good today on the airwaves. Your passion just resonates through. And and, and I tell you, I, you have me so fired up right now. I, I wish I didn't have to take a break, but I've got to take a quick one. Could you hold on for just a couple seconds while our sponsors do their thing? Let's do it. All right. Well, folks, it's 3.18 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Be back in a moment with more from LPGA professional Michelle McGann. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is hosting its signature fundraising event, the NJGF Golf Classic, on Monday, August 10th at famed Baltus Roll Golf Club. The event will honor the heroic efforts of the healthcare workers across the state, with proceeds supporting the RWJ Barnabas Health Emergency Response Fund. Limited space is still available. Help honor the selfless heroes on the front lines. Visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's njgolffoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Rich in distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. You're listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Well, I challenge Wade to come up with a walk-up song for our guest today. Great call on the Beyonce. No doubt, after listening to the last segment, Michelle can upgrade us all. Hit the volume, Wade. Weekend's close. Enjoy, folks. <laughs> I hear you be the block, but I'm the light to keep the streets on. Notice you the type that like to keep them on the leash, though. I'm known to walk alone, but I'm alone for a reason. Sending me a drink ain't appeasing. Believe me, come harder. This won't be easy. Don't doubt yourself. Trust me, you need me. This ain't a shoulder. Here we go on the back nine today with our very special LPGA guest, Michelle McGann. We covered a bit of your competitive background before the break. And as we get started here, I wanted to share something personal with you. I am a type 1 diabetic. And on behalf of all of us with this daily challenge, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. 
for all you do to raise awareness and help patients nationwide. I mean, you were diagnosed when you were 13. As much as you can remember, how did that moment change your life? Well, I can remember sitting in the hospital. Well, actually, I was at school. My mom came and got me. Uh, they had done some tests before, and I went to school for literally probably a half an hour, an hour, whenever they got the test results back. And my mom took me out and said, you have diabetes. And of course, I looked at her like I had no idea what that meant. And I was in the hospital. And I remember, you know, having the orange and trying to, you know, you're going to have to take a shot and you're going to have to check your sugar. And, oh, wait a second. We didn't check our sugar. All we had was um, urine test. There was no such thing as a, a blood glucose monitor. There was nothing. We had nothing. So um, I just thought, am I still going to be able to play golf? That was my first thought. And they said, absolutely. Exercise is amazing for people with diabetes. Am I still going to have my have the piece of pizza and a Mountain Dew when I come in from playing as my treat? Uh, maybe not. That might not be we might not be able to do that. And, you know, you go back 37 years now, and we didn't have the, the, the food and the products that we have now that are sugar-free and uh, Diet Coke and, you know, Crystal Light and sugar-free, you know, ice cream and all kinds of things that they have. Uh, we didn't have any of that. We have now the technology is so amazing. Uh, we have the, the glucose monitors. We have insulin pumps. They work together. They kind of min- they try to mimic a pancreas. And, you know, life is kind of a little bit normal if we know what normal is. Um, normal for us is uh, seeing a flat line on our glucose monitor and the, the, the graph doesn't go up too high and it doesn't go down too low. It kind of stays a steady stream. Um, and it, it's an everyday. It's an dev- everyday occurrence. You get up and you look at your, your monitor and you hope that it says that, you know, it's in that zone of whatever your, your numbers are and, and, and you judge accordingly what you're going to eat, how much insulin you need to take, what your exercise going to be that day. Am I going to play golf? Should I cut my insulin in half? Should I take a little more because I'm not feeling great? Am I going to eat a little bit more? You know, it's like a scientific experiment. I mean, people think living with diabetes is just Oh, you just take insulin. You'll be fine. Oh, if it was only that easy, right? If only. (laughs) But you know what? It makes us stronger. Um, And uh, one day, please, God, we, we, I pray every night that, um, you know, there's so many people working hard to find a cure. And, and I truly believe that one day there will be a cure. And this is one of the things and and definitely one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on was to share this moment with you because people need to know how hard you're working and with your fund in order to raise awareness, um, promote education and to continue the support, you know, through the Michelle McGann Fund for juvenile diabetes. I mean, you're doing tremendous work down there in southeastern Florida and, you know, all over the country, really raising awareness. How did you, you know, throughout your playing career, you know, a lot of athletes, they come to this moment in their lives where they say, well, you know, how am I going to give back? Was this the obvious way of giving back to you? And then, you know, where was the pivot moment where you said, I'm going to put a foundation together and I'm going to start to take care of people? Kind of take me through that story, how you built this wonderful fund. 
Well, uh, my husband and I got married 10 years ago and we don't have children. And we both decided that since I was so fortunate to have a mom who was a nurse and a family that did everything possible to make sure I had the best care that we needed to try to help other kids that weren't as fortunate as I was. Um, so that's when we just decided we'd create the Michelle McGann fund. We are able to hire an educator at Nicholas children's, which is down the street from us in Florida. The educator helps the doctor, which, you know, if anybody that lives with diabetes knows anything about it, it's a full-time job. Um, you know, constantly having mothers call in, trying to figure out how to adjust insulin, how to adjust the carb ratios, everything that goes with it. So the nurse educator is a truly blessing to the doctor at Nicholas Children's. We also send kids to diabetes camp. This year, we didn't have di diabetes camps. Um, so we're going to do some virtual ones. Um, and through my website, I've had so many people reach out to me about their kids, kids that just became diagnosed, um, kids that have lived with it, kids that just need a little help, just need like somebody to maybe talk to, maybe just lend an ear, let them know that, you know, everything that they're going through, I've been through it and maybe more, um, that things will get better. There will be tough times. Um, you know, just the other day I was telling one girl, you know, my blood sugar went down to, you know, in the fifties and I was fine. And then all of a sudden it just dropped. It, it can catch you quick and uh, you just got to be, be ready for it. You know, have some sugar, get it back up, take a timeout. Unfortunately, sometimes during golf tournaments, you don't get that big timeout. So you got to have something that'll pick you back up really quick. And if it goes a little high, you can, you can adjust it later, but you can't play with a low blood sugar. So my mission and our mission is to um, help as many kids as possible to get them ready for the next step of their life, um, to embrace that this disease isn't going away, that they can deal with it, they can conquer anything. And, um, you know, we're going to diabete it. It's not going to beat us. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm feeling great from that answer. I appreciate you sharing all of that with us. But before we get done here today, there's one more thing I'd like you to share with my listeners. And that's a little bit of personal information we might touch upon in this rapid fire Q&A. Are you up for some fun, Michelle? Okay, I'm going to do my best. I hope I can answer them. I think you'll do just fine. Um, okay. uh, nothing will be too difficult for you. I promise. All right. All right. Here we go, folks. Last store you bought something from? J. Crew. Which do you prefer, sunrises or sunsets? Sunsets. On a scale of one to 10, rate your wardrobe. A 10? Nice. I'd go 10 myself. When you hear the words role model, who is the first person that comes to mind? My dad. How many hole-in-ones do you have? Six. Ooh, six. That's a lot. That's great. I haven't right. had one in a while. I need another one. Well, I know there's got to be people listening that don't have any, and they, they, they'd probably pay you for one of those six. You know, okay. Say, Stop complaining. You have six. <laughs> All right. If you could be an actress in any movie, what would it be? Oh, actress. Oh, well, I'd like to be Superwoman. You know, I can just picture in so many of these conversations we've had today that you are just grinning from ear to ear. So what makes you smile? Just, you know, talking about things that I like and, um, and, and just 
knowing that I'm making a difference. Oh, that, yeah, you know, there's no doubt that you're making a difference. And, um, I, you know, I looked this up while we're talking here. MichelleMcGann.com is your website, correct? Yes, yes. In there, you can learn about her fund, her golf classic, which supports the fund. You, you can figure out what social media handles she has so you can follow along when she's out playing. Just a couple more questions here. Other than a family member, name someone you would like to have dinner with. George Bush. One place you would like to travel that you have never been to before. South Africa. Cool. Describe your professional career in one word. Amazing. <laughs> well, you know what? My day has been amazing. I can't thank you enough, Michelle, for joining me here on Springdale Golf Live. The pro show has had a treat today. I mean, your personality is infectious. You're tremendous. Again, as a diabetic, I can't thank you enough for all the hard work that you do with your fund. It's been a true pleasure having you here today. Thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me and everybody with diabetes. Keep fighting on. We got this and uh, stay safe and, uh, you know, God bless America. And here's a couple more people I'd like to see God bless. How about my man on the board, Wade Weezer? How about those Springdale Board of Governors for all their support and True Golf Management for all they do for Springdale? Absolutely, my listeners. And of course, we wouldn't be here without the support from our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf, New Jersey Golf Foundation. How about B-Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York? You know them as Summit Golf Brands. And of course, my man Jimmy from FH Wadsworth. Folks, it's about that time. Before we go to Doug Gottlieb, I'm heading over to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from Princeton to Palm Beach, and of course everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. This has been Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the team next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.